All Israel knew of King David's great faith. After Saul died, David was made king over the southern tribe of Judah and fought with Saul's son, Ishbosheth, who wanted to be king over the northern tribes. David's army eventually won, and he was made king over all Israel at age 30. He was now able to strengthen and unite the kingdom, and David became the greatest king in the history of Israel for 40 years. The Philistines heard that David was anointed king over Israel and came to seek him. David asked the Lord if he should go up to them and if they'd be delivered into his hand. The Lord said to go, and the Israelites defeated them. The Philistines came to battle again, and the Lord told David to get a compass and go behind them by the mulberry trees. When they heard a sound in the tops of the trees, it was a sign the Lord was with them, and they defeated them again. David made Jerusalem the capital city, and he gathered Israel's chosen men to go and get the Ark of the Covenant taken by the Philistines twenty years earlier. They set the Ark on a new cart driven by Uzzah and Ayo. David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord. At one point the oxen shook the ark, and Uzzah put out his hand to take hold and steady it. In an example of how God's commands are sacred and must be followed precisely, the Lord was angry and smote Uzzah for this error, and he died there by the ark of God. David was afraid and asked, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? It was carried into Obed-Edom's house for three months and blessed them. The ark was then carried into Jerusalem with joy and celebration. David danced before the Lord with all his might and was criticized by his wife. David sat in his house and the Lord gave him rest from his enemies. David told the prophet Nathan that while he lived in a fine house of cedar, the ark of God dwelt within curtains. The word of the Lord came to Nathan that night and told him to tell David not to build a house of the Lord or temple, but that his posterity or seed after him would establish David's house and kingdom forever. David expressed his heartfelt gratitude that the Lord had blessed and preserved him, and he reigned in righteousness. David honored the covenant he had made with Saul's son, Jonathan. He showed mercy and kindness to Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, who was lame, and gave him the inheritance of Saul's house. Thirty-seven of David's best soldiers were called his mighty men. They were chief among the captains and had a perfect heart to make David king over all Israel. These top guns were armed with bows and could shoot and hurl stones with both their right and left hands. They were fit for battle, their faces were like lions, and they were as fast as deer. During the time when kings went to battle, David remained in Jerusalem while his army fought against the children of Ammon and Rabbah. One evening David rose from his bed to walk on the roof, and he saw a very beautiful woman washing herself. He asked who she was, and was told this was Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite who was also one of David's mighty men of battle. He had messengers bring her to him, then he lay with her, committing adultery, and she went back to her house. She became pregnant with David's baby and told him about it. David knew the only way he could get out of the situation was to have Uriah lie with his wife, so the baby could be his, even though everyone probably already knew the truth. 
David told Joab, who led the army, to have Uriah come to him from the battle. David asked Uriah how Joab was doing and how the people in battle prospered. He then told Uriah to go to his own house to wash his feet and eat a meal from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with David's servants. When David asked why he did not go back to his own house, Uriah told him he could not do this thing. David told him to stay another day and got him drunk. But Uriah still did not go back to his own house. The next day, David wrote Joab a letter telling him to set Uriah in the front of the hottest battle and retreat from him. Joab instead had his men attack a walled city, and Uriah and many others were killed. Bathsheba learned that Uriah had died and mourned for her husband. When her time of mourning was past, David brought her to his house, and she became his wife and had a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. The Lord sent the prophet Nathan to tell David about a poor man who had only one lamb he loved, and a rich man with many flocks and herds. The rich man took the poor man's lamb to feed a traveler. David was very angry at this story and said the man who had done this should restore the lamb and surely die. Nathan then told David that he was the man in the story because of what he had done to Uriah and Bathsheba. David told Nathan he had sinned against the Lord, and the Lord said he would raise up evil against David out of his own house. David and Bathsheba's child died, and they had another son named Solomon. The book of 1 Kings describes the rise and decline of Solomon's kingdom. Before he died, David admonished Solomon to stay true to the Lord. Solomon traveled to Gibeon to offer a sacrifice upon an altar, since there was no temple to worship in. The Lord appeared to Solomon and asked him, What shall I give thee? Solomon asked for an understanding heart to judge the people, that I may discern between good and bad. This pleased the Lord, and because Solomon had not asked for a long life, riches, or the life of his enemies, he would give him a wise and understanding heart. The Lord also gave him both riches and honor things that he had not asked for, and said there would not be any kings before or after that would be like him. He said that if Solomon would walk in his ways and keep his statutes and commandments, then he would lengthen his days. Solomon went to Jerusalem and made a feast to all of his servants. Two harlots came and stood before him. They both lived in the same house and had babies about the same age. One night one baby died, and the mother switched her dead baby for the other sleeping woman's baby. When the second mother woke up the next morning, she knew the dead baby was not hers. The first woman denied switching them, and they came to Solomon for judgment. The king asked for a sword, and said that the living baby should be cut in half, and each woman could have half. The real mother said not to slay the child, but to give it to the other woman while the woman whose baby had died said to go ahead and divide it. The king then said to give the child to the woman who was willing to give it away to save its life, and knew that this was the baby's real mother. All Israel heard of this judgment and feared the king, and knew that the wisdom of God was with him. Many nations heard of Solomon's great wisdom, and he became very wealthy. He built a house of the Lord, or temple, and the Lord covenanted with the children of Israel that if they would walk in his statutes, execute his judgments, and keep all of his commandments, 
he would perform his word, dwell among them, and not forsake them. It took seven years to build the temple and thirteen years to build Solomon's palace. The Ark of the Covenant was placed in the Holy of Holies, and Solomon gathered many Israelites to participate in the temple's dedication. Solomon offered a dedicatory prayer and said that having the temple among them would be a blessing and help them keep their commitment to the Lord. He asked the Lord to hearken to the supplication of his servant and of his people Israel, and when they prayed toward this place, hear them in heaven and forgive them. The glory of the Lord appeared as a cloud that filled the temple. Solomon asked the Lord to teach them the good way where they should walk and give rain upon the land. If the people sinned and were carried away by their enemies, but then repented and cried to the Lord, he would hear their prayer, forgive them, and give compassion to those who carried them away, and bring them again to the land given to their fathers. Solomon finished the dedicatory prayer and offered sacrifices that were accepted by the Lord. Much of this prayer was also used in the dedication of the Kirtland Temple. The Lord fulfilled his promises and appeared again to Solomon. The queen of Sheba visited him and was amazed by his great wisdom and wealth that exceeded all of the other kings of the earth. Solomon loved many strange women from nations that did not worship the Lord or keep his commandments. He married many to form political alliances and grow his influence and wealth. When Solomon grew old, he had 700 wives and 300 concubines who turned his heart after other gods. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and built high places for his strange wives to worship and sacrifice to their false gods. The Lord was angry with Solomon and said he had not kept the covenants and statutes he had commanded. He took the kingdom from Solomon and gave it to his servant Jeroboam, to rule over the northern ten tribes, while Solomon's son, Rehoboam, was able to rule over the southern tribes of Judah and Benjamin for David's sake. The Lord stirred up many adversaries to afflict Israel, and eventually caused them to repent and turn back to him. And this is Second Samuel chapters 5 through 7, 11 and 12, and 1 Kings chapters 3, 8 through 11 in the Old Testament. Look for hidden images located throughout the video. You can download a coloring page and activity puzzles for each section on Etsy at PonderFun. Visit our PonderFun.com website and Facebook page to find more fun things to do. And you can listen to these as a podcast. Please like and share these videos with anyone you think might enjoy them. Also, please subscribe to this PonderFun YouTube channel and you'll be notified whenever I make new videos. Thanks again for watching and find some time this week to ponder.